0: Hey guys, welcome to <laughs> another episode of
1: AA for Entrepreneurs 42. Can't believe it. Wow. 42. 42. 42. I'm trying to think of what 42 is. Who is if number 42? You, I don't know, but if you add it together, it makes six. Six. Out of out of out of Yeah. <laughs> so
0: um, thank you to our sponsors, uh, King Casher. You can find him on Twitch under King Casher. Um, we're also sponsored by Flipboard, Anchor,
1: and Urban Acres. Yeah, buddy. Check we out those are low-build. super excited to get going today. We've had a, a pretty exciting week or so. Did was the meeting the Hemp Coalition meeting that we went to? Was that we after? did talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much the whole... Oh, yeah, that was the night before the last podcast. Yeah, the whole base, the whole meat of last podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just thinking about it, yeah. Literally, the whole 40 minutes was all about that meeting. (laughs) It's it's incredible... Whatever. It's incredible
0: how quickly the week goes by. It's like, oh, my God, it's already Tuesday.
1: Eight eight, eight days ago, we... had no hemp coalition, and then yesterday we spoke at the state house. Like that's that's crazy amazing. how quickly that that shit happens. Like I, when 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 you want your voice to be heard, you just gotta find other people that want their voice heard, and uh, you know have it heard together. Yeah. How did that? <laughs> how did that go? Let's go right in. Just gonna jump did, right how, in. How did? Uh, it
0: how was did amazing,
1: it go? man. That was seriously like one of my best experiences of like life. I think like it was. I was on just such a high. Like. The whole day, I feel like I had chills just listening to everybody and watching how many people were there. There were probably, say, about 100 people, give or take, um, there. And then a lot of people, you know, walking by stopped and listened to what was going on. I noticed a few people, like, yeah, like <laughs> walking by. Um, but obviously, it's Boston, so people are just walking by on people their way are, to do something. And it's sunny. People are, in Boston, people are cheerful when it's sunny. Dude, the common was packed. Packed like so many people. It was beautiful out yesterday. Like not a cloud in the sky, eighty degrees, no humidity. Like it was, it was such a nice day, and uh, you know, got to pop my cherry of speaking in public. That was definitely interesting. How'd that feel? Amazing. It was great. You know, uh, I guess a piece of advice for other entrepreneurs speaking in public: when you write your speech take into account that people might actually react in a positive way. Uh, Cause it, like as soon as people started cheering, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it threw you off. I'm on to something. <laughs> I, I made a point, I did it, yay. <laughs> and it threw me off completely. And I, I was like, hold on, I gotta look at my phone. I was still you know, pretty happy that, I think I looked at, when I was watching the video, I think I looked at my phone three times and I just wrote the speech on I basically finished it on the way there off of, you know, the piece of advice that you gave me and then Jeff as well I changed up like a couple sentences and still only really looked at my phone three times. Wow nice (laughs) How did you uh, how did you prepare in writing the speech? I just uh, I I guess I really didn't you know, this is it. kind of all just led to this you know, it's I, I feel like my speech was everything that I've been selling people and that we've been learning, you know, like the Royal Decree of 1619, where Jamestown required all of its citizens to grow hemp. That's how I started it, you know, and like read it with emphasis, like by way of Royal Decree, like everybody's yeah. just looking at me like. You've read it like oh, Abraham Lincoln. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just trying to get people's attention because my, my whole message was basically, you know, we've, we've done this before, especially Massachusetts. We've done this before hemp and, it's we got to learn our history to figure out that we've already successfully very successfully had a hemp industry in america and it's time to get back to that you know um i think i don't even remember what sparked having that be my first sentence i think we might have actually been working in the hemp fields and i thought of that and i remember thinking back to the study that we read and they they have that line in there too you know like so i kind of bit that off them like I was like, that is the perfect way to start this speech. Like, they, 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 they told me that I should focus on farmers, so that's basically what I did. Like, listen, for the first 300 years of this country, we built it on hemp farmers, basically. <laughs> like, people were like, huh, okay, didn't know that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's what I feel like it's all about, is just like making something that sticks in people's heads so we can keep pushing forward. Um, I know I wasn't involved directly with them, but uh, a a bunch of the people that started the hemp coalition were in meetings with representatives before and after the rally and managed to get a lot done. And there's actually representatives from Vermont and Maine right now contacting our Massachusetts uh, representatives to kind of like encourage them, like, come on. Training wheels. yeah, A little push start. Basically, the way it was broken down is Massachusetts is now considered one of, like, the bottom two or three states for hemp in the the U.S. because of the guidelines that were released by MDAR. So it basically, like, handicaps us completely, you know? And so many people's points, especially the lawyers that fought for uh, marijuana legalization, are now fighting for hemp legalization, you know? Uh, They're basically just, like, what the hell, guys? How is this happening? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a shame when we have so many amazing uh, craft hemp cultivators in the state that none of us are being encouraged to grow our hemp. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that I noticed
0: watching your speech is that we'll, we'll post a, a link so that you can, see, you can see Adam speaking, is that you just felt so natural, like you're, you were enthusiastic and all the right things were there. Now, did you have to train and practice for that or did it just kinda, kinda come naturally because it's, it's really
1: what you believe? I think a big part of practice for me was slowing down. Like, because you so badly just want to be like, point, 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 and just like get through the speech. And especially since they said, you know, three minute time limit, I have that in the back of my head the whole time and I'm trying to push through. But, you know, uh, I've listened to a few, you know, JFK speeches. I really love the way that he delivered his speeches and I can understand why people connected with him so much. So I kind of tried to, like, take that same approach, you know, uh, very specifically put alliterations, very specifically put sentences that should maybe have commas, but instead they're their own sentences. Um, like, for instance, I said, like, our people polarized and poor? You know, like, the alliteration of people polarized and poor, that's a whole sentence. Mm-hmm. When normally people might put, like, comma, our health at an all-time low, like, you know, and I'd, I'd, I, I would, like, say one sentence and then stop for, like, two seconds, like, let it sink in onto the next one. Same thing for, like, my five main points. And like it's time to make a change, and everybody's like, ah! <laughs> so you know, timing is a huge, huge part of um, of speeches, I think. And, and Joanne, uh, one of my mentors, she said that she told me I I needed to slow down even more, and she was like, you know, it's easy to say out in the crowd. Um, but she's like you could have slowed down so much more and people would have like went nuts and i was like i know i just like i wasn't expecting people to react so well like literally everybody fucking yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think i think timing is like
0: everything especially when you look at like comedians the best if you don't let it simmer Mm. sometimes you just step on your own laughs yeah but in the at the same time if like i'll look at a few of the of the speakers that I really look up to Gary V he, he talks like a mile a minute he's not he doesn't not he interrupts slow. himself he's so yeah. bad <laughs> he's not slow in his speech but for some reason it's still captivating
1: even though he doesn't talk like this sometimes when sometimes he's like he really does. trying to hammer a point yeah. like he'll say something and stop for like a solid five seconds like in a in a conference and I'm just like uh yeah I get like there's, this
0: there's moments but like really (laughs)
1: yeah it's not like robotic like
0: obama he he was a great speaker but he had this this look way of i'm not even going to try to mimic it but he had this way of speaking it was a lot of pauses it's like so many pauses whereas henry rollins like gary vee he talks a thousand words a minute it's incredible how quickly he talks and doesn't lose the attention of his audience
1: And there's no pausing yeah i think um for, especially for political stuff. 100%. It's good to pause. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I, there's definitely, I'm watching the video. I was watching this morning. I watched it like two or three times because I'm obsessive like that. And uh basically it was like, oh, I should have let that one simmer. There was like three three or four like really good points where I like noticed people were going crazy that I probably should just let them go crazy. Yeah. And then Stepped at the, the, the end, laps. I probably, yeah, exactly. Uh, at the end, when like, cause I finished with, you know, help hemp grow. That's like our whole message for the hemp coalition. I really should have just had the whole crowd chant it with me at that point. Cause they did, probably would have. Did the hemp coalition, did they adopt the help hemp grow? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was, that was an Indian and I conversation. <laughs> we were like, man, let hemp grow. That's really great. That's an amazing thing. But. Hmm. How could we, how could we be more proactive? Yeah. Help. Help. Like it's such a strong this is, word. This isn't just us. Like this isn't. Give it to us. Give it to us. Like this is ours. It's like no. Like listen. This is for everybody. Help us. Like mm. this is. This is helping you. This is helping me. This is helping your helping mom, your grandmother, your your niece, your nephew. Like everybody has potential to be helped from not only just the CBD side of it, but all the textiles and everything too. And even, you know, we were talking about this. One of the pe- somebody made uh, in their speech, they said, uh, you know, it's funny that there's so much controversy around CBD flower being sold when if you buy hemp seeds, there's CBD flower in it. You know how you get little green specks in your hemp seeds? Oh, I see. Yeah. That's hemp flower. completely okay. Completely okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know what? This whole whole process is a uh, live and learn kind of thing. It's going to be constantly shifted and changed until... People are happy with it. Yeah. So that's, yep. the way, that's the way we're going. We're going in
1: the right direction. Yeah, I think so. And is it perfect? No. No way, yeah. but we're getting there. Yeah, and it's, it's all about people like us you know, coming together. It made me, another thing that made me feel good is that a lot of the farmers that are farming are doing it on an acre or less, just like us. You yeah, know? small scale farmers. Small craft farmers. That's exactly what Massachusetts need. There is there's a huge market for quality hemp products and mm-hmm. we can definitely fill that void here. It's just, you know, they gotta with, allow us to. Right,
0: with quality flour. I mean, it was mentioned at the coalition meeting, Like, but there's, there's no way that we can, com- Massachusetts can compete with industrial hemp that is making rope and clothing and using uh, the stock of the plant and grain because we don't have the space. Massachusetts is small, but where we do have a, a, an anchor is quality flour you don't need a ton of acreage a ton of acreage when producing flour this isn't always the case but it kind of you lose touch with it mm-hmm. it's less like making a Krabby Patty and more like
1: McDonald's mm, I like that that's a really good comparison because it really is you know like the, the more plants you have the less attention you put you pay to a singular plant I mean the more plants you have sorry the more plants you have the less attention you pay to or a singular plant and you know when you have 300 400 500 acres of plants that you're trying to grow for cbd and then you're also subsequently growing them like corn <laughs> you're not gonna mash. have that great quality. <laughs> no it doesn't doesn't coalesce yeah you're gonna have uh corn syrup instead of olive oil you know <laughs> like, yeah the the
0: health of the, speaking of hemp and farming, the health of urban acres is crushing it right now. So last week, we we talked a little bit about the kind of like the road bump that we were hitting. And we were were noticing um, some magnesium deficiency. We ended up spraying. Uh, We adjusted the soil pH a little bit. This still needs to be adjusted a little bit more. But the growth just took off. As soon as the plants got what they needed, the leaves are nice and green. They're growing, and I think there was more growth in the past week than there was in the past three weeks. So they're really, really on track to being healthy, healthy plants. And right now, just before starting this, we placed an order for a bunch of predatory insects, ladybugs and lacewings. Mantises. And mantises. Those should be coming pretty soon. The shipping was... Out- more than outrageous. the bugs. <laughs> yeah, it was outrageous. And it really highlighted the fact that I hate paying
1: for shipping. <laughs> I hate it. are we spoiled in this day and age? Totally. Like, it's it's crazy. We, we understand why we had to pay the shipping, you know, to keep the bugs alive. But it still sucks. Yeah. You know, we literally doubled what we were planning. Actually, probably more because I think it was like... For, actually, yeah, literally double. It was forty five dollars for the bugs and then forty five for shipping. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that actually uh, makes me makes me
0: want to start cultivating those bugs on our own. Save us hundred bucks
1: every month, every yeah. two months, yeah, whatever. So worth it. I think it's I, it's got to be fairly easy, you know, and especially where we're, we don't need a ton, a ton right now. We should be able to do it, I think so.
0: Alls they need, it, I mean, insects are super simple. All you need is food, water,
1: and a space that they can't escape from, but they can still breathe. Yep. And temperature. Yeah, my, my eight-year-old neighbor takes care of bugs all the time and keeps yeah. them alive all
0: summer. Like. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, right now is the time to keep them outside. We'll get a tote, cut a hole in the top with some, like, bug netting mm. over top. They'll be good. Nope. Nothing can get in. Nothing can can get out. When we want to release them into the into the field, when the popu- field population is going down, maybe just kind of wave the the lid of the tote into the tote. Yep. Some will escape up. Shut it, and kind of continue that that process yep. throughout the entire
1: summer. I you think maybe, maybe even uh, keep like the containers in the hemp field. It's like right. they just. Are you, that's where, this is home. This is home. <laughs> so are in the. Once the plants get big enough to produce shade. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which phew, probably is a month away or so from at least getting some kind of shade. They already. I actually haven't seen them in a couple of days, so I'm. I'm excited to go see them after this. And uh, we. We actually got hooked up yesterday by uh, Tribus Nutrients. They uh, hooked us up with two big bottles of rhizobacteria. If you don't know what rhizobacteria is, it's basically root bacteria. You're, you're colonizing good bacteria for your root zone so that it'll uptake all the nutrients and you won't have any kind of salt build up in your soil. And it helps just kind of balance your whole ecosystem in your soil, which allows for your plants to explode. So Excited about using that. I think they gave us enough to get through the whole season.
0: Yeah, rhizobacteria and fungi super important Because I mean it goes against I mean it goes with organic farming Mm -hmm. organic farming and organic gardening is all about feeding the soil You feed the soil the soil will give you good plants and what what is amazing about like the rhizo fungi for example uh, what they do is they form essentially extensions of roots so imagine imagine an 80 year old grandmother with two of those gopher grabbers right from okay she's sitting on her wheelchair she can reach the counter but now with the grabbers she can reach all the way to the top shelf
1: she's got range
0: the rhizobacteria and the fungi attach and extend the reach of the roots so now instead of just being able to reach the counter the roots can go all the way to the top shelf and get all those nutrients as well, so it's it's amazing. And thank you guys for donating that. What was the name of the company again? Tribus. Tribus.
1: Yeah, I think there's a different uh, mother company like on, on on top of that that owns the Tribus, but we'll we'll throw their logo into this and everything. And I was I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Joel, uh, he's become a friend, you know, over the past year. He goes to the the cannabis growers meetings that I go to. And he gave me a little sample to try on my indoor plants last year. And literally within two days I noticed a difference. So it's important. Nuts. Because I wasn't, you know, it's your roots. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't think about your roots because you they're hidden. You can't see them. Yeah. And they're the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. It's should, like essentially it's your diet. We should probably reset. Reset it up.
0: Yeah, it's really nice to finally be in be in the farm, putting time into the farm, researching the soil and testing it. And really getting back on track from, um, just being back on track,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, coming back from vacation is never an easy thing, even though your version of a vacation is a lot different than most people's. (laughs) Your version is like, I'm gonna go sit in the snow for nine days and this is gonna be great and climb a fucking mountain. (laughs) It was kind of
0: like, if I were to really simplify it, it was kind of like putting on an 80 pound backpack (laughs) Going on the Stairmaster for nine hours and then sitting on the cold tile for another four and Jeez. then going to sleep.
1: Yeah, being on the Stairmaster with, you know, eight ACs blowing in a closet-sized room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes
0: with a heater on your back. Yeah. Because that, that sun, man, that was so intense. It would be like, like the hottest hot summer day. Hmm. And then you'd, you'd start pouring sweat almost instantly and then the clouds would cover the sun and it would be freezing. Like Like the the cold, yeah, right away. Like the coldest winter. And you're like, I'm soaking wet. I was just sweating. Now I'm like, I can't remember ever being
1: this cold. And it would like fluctuate. It was like, wow. It was like the desert, but in Alaska. You seem to do pretty well, you know, coming back. Like literally the day you came back, you were working in the field. Yeah. So like I did, uh, I did
0: get right back into working, but there was something about, the way that I did it, it, I just didn't feel like I was on track. I was spending a lot of, I was wasting a lot of time. Mm. I, I think I may have been like fantasizing about, like while on the mountain, fantasizing about crossing my feet on my bed and kind of watching TV and just having a hot cup a cup of anything or a beer or just really missed being comfortable. Mm. And I think I've, I fell into the trap and there was there was probably a good week where I wasted a lot of time and that that, Dera- I was derailed. I kind of fell into a little bit of a rut. And uh, that happens to me. And this is like a reoccurring thing. I think last year, it was the same the same deal. At the end of the summer, I fell off track. And this time, I just listened to my, what worked for me last time. So this time, what really uh, set the wheels in motion was that I gave up music again. So I haven't listened to music in four or five days. And you get to a point where, even if you don't listen to a lot of music, at least for me the discipline of not listening to the music and listening to an audiobook instead or a podcast really kept the wheels going so i started listening to um one of my favorite person's autobiography ben franklin and i started listening to that and in it uh he he describes his day-to-day and if you're not familiar what ben franklin did on his day-to-day he was one of the most uh successful uh what's the word i'm looking for
1: productive people that entrepreneur uh, before it was a word
0: oh yeah he 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 made up the word (laughs) that's
1: perfect (laughs) and uh
0: basically what his day-to-day was is again keep in mind this is 300 years ago so things are a little different now but he'd wake up at 5 a.m
1: check the hemp farm
0: check check the hemp farm (laughs) He'd wake up at 5 a.m., and it would allot two hours to pretty much structuring the day, washing, um, breakfast, and then he'd have a, a four-hour time block where he just put work. And then he'd have a two-hour time block of like lunch and essentially light learning. So he'd pick up an instrument or uh, practice a language or something along those lines, learning something new, eat lunch, and then he'd have a second four-hour time time block that just said work now he was an entrepreneur so whatever he had to do for work he, he did that yeah. and then at the end of the second four-hour time block he would have I think two to four hours of again light learning and then socializing uh, constructive conversation reading yep. and then he'd have an hour before going to bed pretty much to tidy things up clean up wash eat and then He'd ask himself two things. One thing in the morning, he would ask, what good, will, what good shall I do today? And then before he goes to bed, he asks himself, what good did I do today? Awesome. And I kind of, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> that wouldn't wor- work nope. for me. But what I did do is I structured, I made up a schedule pretty much around going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. So I, I said that, all right, I'm gonna go to bed at midnight every night and wake up at 8 AM. And then working out for me is just as important as work for Benjamin Franklin. You could tell working out wasn't super important for him. <laughs> like his, there's that painting where his like, is yeah. just hanging out. He didn't care, whatever. Everybody's different.
1: He had a dad bod before it was cool. Oh, yeah. Yep. That and entrepreneurship. <laughs> he
0: wrote he would, the most like, together. He would
1: be so popular in this day and age. Uh-huh. He still is. I'm talking about him. True. Dad bod <laughs> entrepreneur. It's great. <laughs> Been dead for 300
0: years. But yeah, so that, I mean, even just doing it for a couple of days and maintaining that structure... I've just felt like I've had this incredible momentum and I just feel more alert. Like last, last podcast, I felt kind of sluggish. I felt like I wasn't as articulate as I normally am. And just getting back on the, on the wheels, hitching that wagon back, feeling like you're doing something is just not wasting any time anymore. It feels great. I love being
1: back on track. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the whole, the whole not listening to music thing I think is probably the most important out of all that Because when I'm listening to music, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in pleasure mode mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about, oh, I remember listening to this song here and, I, and that's cool, It's great, you know But you listen to a podcast or an audio book And they say one sentence that sparks your brain And you're like, oh shit It does, it's like constantly spark, yep. spark, spark and eventually one lights up on fire, you know, like that's uh-huh. that's kind of how I. it's that kind of is how our podcasts are. Is just like constant little like you're like trying to start a fire flick, 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 flick. And then you're like, oh, ah, ah, we have a fire. Let's, <laughs> yeah. And then you stop listening to a podcast and you're like, all right, let's blow that fire, get it bigger, and bigger. And then all of a sudden it's an idea uh-huh. like seasons for your podcast. <laughs> yeah, as opposed
0: to music where you just kind of you put your brain into a a not thinking zone yep. or you are thinking, but it's like you think a three second thought and you think something else. It's useless. You don't remember it. You don't remember exactly what you thought on an hour drive if you listen to music. But if you listen to a podcast, that's totally different because all those sparks, you remember a fire when you see one. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, this was probably two days ago, maybe even yesterday, I don't remember exactly when, but I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk and there was one line that he said that really, really stuck hold and it made complete sense. And he said that um, he was referring to people who write music, like the, um, just those people that are so new or comedians, any artist that just develops something and they stand out so much. He said that they stand out so much is because they look for something that they want and they don't find it, so they make it. Mm. And that is, that's so true with everything, with entrepreneurship. And that led me down mm-hmm. the thought of what does Massachusetts need as, as far as hemp is concerned? Well, when we were, we were searching, we couldn't find clones. We just couldn't find them. And then when we did find them, they weren't exactly what we wanted. So how, how do we take that logic?
1: Let's, let's
0: give Massachusetts what
1: we were looking for add another pillar to the business that just fits right in, you know? Diversity. It's like three months out of the year that we'd have to focus on making clones and a good chunk of money to get going and fund further expansion of our project and everything, you know? It's, and a little bit more quality control and being hardened by the sun because we're going to greenhouse grow them instead. Don't give all our secrets. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> I'll put a censorship right there. Beep, beep. <laughs> so speaking of great ideas you've came up with in this past week of like getting back into the swing of things. A for Entrepreneurs is doing something different with podcasts. We are going to divide our podcast up into seasons. You've heard us talking about being at the end of uh, one year for a podcast, and Andy said, hey, why don't we start season two? Said, what's the advantage of that? And then, he just, I forget exactly. Very, what,
0: very logical question.
1: Yeah, and and I forget what you said, but I thought about it for like, sense, and I'm just like, it makes sense, like yeah. it's so, so perfect. So my thought
0: train was that, why break it into seasons? Well. The way that we have our podcast, it's pretty much like a direct correlation with what's going on in our lives, right? So we want to encourage, um, we want your eyes as viewers, we want you to watch. That's why we film it, right? And if if we were to structure it like, uh, like a, a show on Netflix, it would kind of like, Oh, season two. That's interesting. It's new. It's different. It stands out. What are the podcasts is is labeling their podcasts in seasons? I couldn't think of any. I think it's different.
1: That that was That was another reason why I sparked. I'm like thinking. I'm like, okay, Joe Rogan's on number thirteen hundred and fifty. You know, Gary Vee's on like nine hundred and something. I'm like, this is great. Like, let's do this.
0: (laughs) And you can think like, oh, back to. I think I, was watch- I had just watched like The Office and I was like on season four or w- season five or whatever and you can kind of relate it back. Oh, that was like five years of shows. You can just directly correlate one season with one year and know exactly the time frame. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're on episode 563, that's just... A number, I don't, I don't know what that means.
1: It's kinda, actually this, I didn't even think about this, but Ellen DeGeneres does the same thing with her show. Does she? She has seasons, even though it's a daily show, she has seasons. Ah, okay. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're gonna try that out. So end of season one is coming soon. Oh my god, it was so fast. <laughs> it really was, it was so awesome, and uh, you know, 46 episodes for our first season. I like that even better than year.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it sounds so official. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something we're working on. And we were supposed to have a couple of interviews lined up today, but I think with their, their hemp people and you know, they got distracted from yesterday and busy from yesterday. Entrepreneurs are busy. Yeah. So, man, I wish we had more time lately because it seemed like interviews went a lot smoother when we went to them it's less apt to cancel i feel like nobody canceled when we went to them and like at least half people cancel when they're coming to us yeah that's a good observation yeah i wouldn't mind traveling yeah so maybe we'll we'll just have to i think for season two we want to focus even heavier on interviews definitely like maybe do instead of every other week andrew and i like every three weeks andrew and i come you know we just have to line up the interviews to make that happen and we have a bunch of people, you know, on, on the queue list. And you know, season two we'll probably revisit. We'll definitely revisit some people that we interviewed, like the Toking Dead and uh, Bridget from Cannabliss. And there's probably a few others we'll we'll throw in there. Yeah. And um, lots of new faces for sure. And again, value. We we look back on our first season, and it's like, what brought the best value all throughout this first season? interviews like these people it's just again like podcasts they say something in their story you ask them a great question out of nowhere just because you're listening to them and then that great question sparks like a great piece of uh, a great segment or a great piece of advice for other entrepreneurs and it's just like what did we really even do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: that's a great point of how much value, because it was value for us. Mm-hmm. We got to learn from them. It was value for them because they were able to talk about their story, talk about their business. And it was value for the viewers because it, they got the whole picture. They got to learn from them also. And they got to see, like, oh, I, I want to open up a coffee shop, too. And then they talk to the woods, and they're like, wow, I yeah. can do that. Which, and,
1: actually, speaking of the woods, we should... Probably I don't know what you're doing next Monday. You working? No. The their grand opening their second location. Oh, we we gotta. We have to stop by. For sure.
0: And what else? I was gonna say something else. Give me one second. You're talking about about opening your own coffee shop. If you know somebody, if you're local and you know somebody that you would love to hear from them if they run a business or if just they're very
1: entrepreneurial at what they're doing and you'd love to hear their story, let us know. Yeah. Tag them in this video or send them the video. Send us them, you know, their name on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. We'll, we'll reach out to them too. You know, we have, we're not shy. Yeah. And uh, we're just think of that most inspiring small business owner, entrepreneur, uh self-employed person, whatever you want to word it in your life and like just tag them below. You know, we want to we want to tell that we want to help them tell their story and to reach more people and help their business grow and, you know, we don't like to take credit for anything, but we hope that, you know, the entrepreneurs themselves get more motivated. And it seems like it always happens. Like every single person who's been on our show, their business has grown. Yeah. (laughs) And like Corey from Wicked Dope Soap, her business is taking off right now. Uh, Bridget from Cannibalist, she's doing more and more yoga events. I think she locked in like a... a, um, uh, yoga day at one of the local labs like Great. they pay her for that you know and it's not anything because of us it's just like maybe coming to talk to us push them even further like it's, it's almost like good job what's next keep going right you know yeah and sometimes you need that the, pat on the back
0: it's like uh, maybe it's sort of like rhizobacteria <laughs>
1: <laughs> we yeah. are the rhizobacteria full circle <laughs> <laughs> But shit, speaking of rhizobacteria, I guess we should probably head to the field, although it looks like it's starting to drizzle a little bit. Yeah, I think it's gonna rain from one to three, another couple hours, but oh, we've, got some,
0: we've got some work to do. Yeah, we, so that's a good, good spot to wrap up. Thank you so much for your eyes and ears. We, we value you, we appreciate you. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and again, reach out if you guys have any questions. Um, We would love to answer them if you want to see anybody interviewed.
1: And make sure to uh, like our pages, follow us, subscribe, and just like Andy said, send us questions. We love that part too. So if if you have a question about entrepreneurship, you're not sure about entrepreneurship, you don't know how to start, you're stuck in a rut, you know, we say this a lot, we're not the gurus, but... We're, 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 we're living through this and you guys can see that now through our seasons and we're heading into our, you know, second year of, of partnership. That's crazy. Uh, and so we're just so excited. So excited beyond excited. I can't even, I was trying to think of a better word than excited and was really disappointed that I was stoked, stoked, pumped, exuberant. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, have an amazing day. Juiced. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Peace. <laughs> <laughs>